Blog Talk Radio. This is Billy Jones, author of the Everyday Folks brand and series. Welcome back to Everyday Folks Radio and my hour each Sunday, DJ Speaks and Interview With. Today is a special day because in the studio is one of my favorite people. You'll find out more about her in just a moment. But before we get started, I'd like to encourage you to, sh- to call in at any time. Our lines are always open. The call-in number is 347-539-5372. Again, that number is 347-539-5372. And if you're shy and you prefer to email me and communicate with me privately instead, you're always welcome to do so at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. This past week has been a very, very busy week for me. As you can imagine, not only because of the time of the year in terms of theme, but it also in terms of the l- number of activities that take place in the, in the South Florida region when it pertains to the arts and letters. This past Monday, I had the esteemed my colleague, Oliver Barrett, who is a research fellow at the, at the Center for Climate and Security. And I wanna say a special thank you to him for coming out and speaking to my students at Broward College and talking about a very critical topic, which was titled, Thinking Critically About National Security During an Election Year. And with his years of experience, not only working as a research fellow, but also as a veteran of our armed forces, he brought an unforgettable conversation to students. One interesting point he mentioned, for instance, was the fact that there is actually a bill on the floor right now at at the federal level to include women in the selective service process. So if that comes to fruition, that means that there would be non-retroactive activity, but for those young women who are graduating high school starting in 2018, they very well will be required to facilitate their pro- the, the application process for alerting the government of their engagement in that process. So just that's just one of the many things we discussed. So thank you, Oliver, if you're listening. You could call in and we could chat about it further. I'm sure my guest today would love to hear from you too. But I want to thank you for your time and your attention to my students and to Broward College. As well, on Tuesday, I was so proud of what the students did. So in addition to this discussion about national security, I surrendered a conversation over to my students who facilitated a great hour on a discussion about social justice, educational empowerment, and civic engagement. And these students were amazing. And the conversations that they're having Granted, these are college students. They're ages 18 through 24, the average of the students who I'm teaching. But they brought very rich, very scholarly conversations. And I was grateful to see that and be part of that. At the end of the day, they are our future. And we want them to make sure that they're remaining apprised and informed of the things that are going on in their world so that they can make their own informed opinions based on the things that they read or see. And so without further ado, I'd like to talk a little bit about my esteemed guests. This woman has, I've had the privilege of knowing her for over 20 years. And in her incredible journey, she's always remained true to who she is and true to where she's going in life. And anyone who knows her will agree that she is truly one of a kind. So over the years, I have to say, I've watched her grow and she's watched me grow. And I think together today, after our experience one hour here on the show, you'll see why there is such magic whenever you say the name Sylvia Orozco-Vaca. Sylvia is a professor at Miami College's Kendall campus, and she teaches English composition and as well as developmental reading and writing courses. She also teaches student life skills. In addition to that, she is actively engaged in her community and in her, in her, in her world, and she's a, a, an advocate for change. So she could tell you from having taught and from the primary level to the collegiate level, she has seen and done it all, and there's still so much more to come. As well, with my further ado, I'd like to welcome her to Everyday Folks Radio. Sylvia, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me here, Billy. I'm excited to do the show. I'm so glad you're here because, as you know, 
I've always, I always tell you this. I believe in being part of other people's success. Mm-hmm. And if, if it weren't for that, none of us would be where we are today because we stand on the shoulders of others in order to succeed. So I am very grateful for this conversation. And for those of you who are listening, again, if you would like to call in and speak to her at any time, our call-in line is 347-539-5372. You shoot me an email, and I'll get it to her. And it is uh, everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. So, Sylvia, you are in my – and I really believe you're a success story. And you have come from the bottom to the top. So what is success to you in your own words? My success to me is really being happy and content. I've achieved life, which were goals were, and I've been able to bring people along with me to help them become. When I see that measure of success in others and that I had something to do with it, that to me is a, is success. And, you know, go home and feeling about my contributions to my spouse, to my home, to my family, to my career, my students. That to me is, is success. Not money or where I live or how I live. Just how I live in the sense financially how I live. But right. daily, I just, I, I'm happy. I'm happy awesome. with that. I'm happy with what goes on in my life. That is so well said. And happiness it's hard to achieve this. There's so many distractors out here in the atmosphere, the noise that we try to drown out to try to to focus on this thing called happiness. And people always operate on the operative wins. I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy when I have that large bank account. But you've chosen happiness now. And I think that's very special. And so you chose education as a career pathway. Was that always the case? I don't think choice is the correct word for me. <laughs> I kind of walked into kindergarten at four years old. I came home and I told my mom, I want to be a teacher. And I never changed my mind. I never. So I don't say, it's not one of those things that I was, oh, in high school, what are you going to do? What's my name? Ah, maybe I'll do this. I was four years old. I came home. I told my mom, I want to be a teacher. And I never looked back, never changed my mind. And everything I did from that point on was in one way, shape, or form, education driven i was i graded papers for my teachers i helped pass out papers from the time i was little little all through in high school and middle school i was part of future educators of america i taught migrant workers their their children i helped people read i did mm-hmm. tutoring mm-hmm. programs i worked at school care so education has always been my driving force from the time of a young child do not know us that I met this fabulous being in college. We're in Florida and undergrad. And do you feel from that journey to the other institutes that you attended? You also the University of Miami. And you also uh, during there was a program that I was a part of that I got to participate at the Harvard School of Education. Right. And all of those things, do you think they prepared you for what you experienced today in your career? I think experience prepares me for everything that I deal with in mm-hmm. my career. Um, you learn something every single day. I turn around, there's something new to learn, or I have learned um, generally by a head fake. Didn't, plan, <laughs> didn't set out to learn that, but hey, we got the lesson. Um, but yes, I think like all the institutions, one built on the other, mm-hmm. one built on the other. And I think I was able to climb that ladder through every skill, subject, or theory that I was taught, and then be be able to turn around and put it into practice right away. Wow. Good. You know, that throughout this process, you've had many influences in your life, whether it be persons or places or even things, because not often do we have to turn to others. So who would you say, who or what has influenced you? to become the educator, become an educator, or even more so serve as a role model in your uh, your, your development of your career? Okay. The role model, the one who prepared me, it was me who chose, and I was four years, three, four, or five years old. So I had pictures for showing me how to um, how to go fish, you know, we're doing our Right, right. And... She would take me with her on teacher work days, on teacher wow. planning days, to school with her. 
so I would help her set up the classroom. I would help her grade papers. I would help her file papers. So again, a very young child, um, education, and she was just back before all the rules, and the laws, mm-hmm. and all of this. I used to engage with her students. She used to pick us all up on the weekend. And mm-hmm. We used to do things. We used to do educational activities. We used to have fun. There were a lot of things that way back in the 70s we can't get away with now. Right. right. But that dynamic, I remember thinking, she's who I want to be. She's who I want to be like when I'm a teacher. I want to be this kooky, per se, because she was always very spontaneous mm-hmm. and fun with mm-hmm. the kids and silly. And I was like, okay, that's. That's is that where you get your nature from? <laughs> part of it. Part of it. Definitely that cool person with silliness, absolutely. Um, works well. <laughs> <laughs> I want to share this. Something you mentioned there that I think is important. What you experienced was the pre- the pre take your child to work day, yep. national day that now is very common around school dishes in America. So I thought that was very important because it actually works. Yes. So you just proved that it could work when it works. It works very well. And on the weekends when she would take home papers, I would help her grade. Wow. And then like extra worksheets, she would give them to me <laughs> so I could play school at home. And I'd bring up all my, doll, all my dolls and put them and then grade it and put them on top. It was, yeah. So you said there were other individuals who influenced you. Um, As I've gone through my career, uh-huh. um, I wouldn't say there was anybody particularly during my college term um that was a, that was kind of a thing for me and it was i just knuckled down and did everything on my own mm-hmm. I didn't, my parents went to college i was the first one in my household to college so i didn't have anybody to guide me it was like right. all right let's figure this one out and right. of course we can have computers right. and, and all of that but as far as once my career <laughs> took off um my mentor is sitting in front of me and running the show <laughs> dr billy jones um, once I was hired at Miami Dade College, you really did um, help me place me in the right places where I should be and things that I should mm-hmm. explore that you thought that I was good at. Maybe I didn't see it in myself, and you're like, hey, here, come try mm-hmm. this. And, um, I'm also one of those people that jumps into the ocean. I don't test the water. I just you jump go in. Out. I just go out, and then you know, I might be <laughs> sinking in the middle of it going, ah, what did I do? <laughs> Um, but by the point, it's a little too late, so it's like, all right, figure it out, start t- doggy paddling, do something. Um, so I've had mentors, and then I've had colleagues that I would say are role models that I look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, several that you know, Riga, Alina, David, Nancy, Michael. There's just so many people that have influenced mm-hmm. me on a professional level. Mm-hmm. Um, what about your students? Have your my students-, students? Yes, my students do inspire me. Um, sometimes they inspire me to be a very patient, calm <laughs> human being because I don't have a choice. Uh, and they also inspire me to um, be better or more lively sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then I've had have role models in my personal life right. that just have encouraged, you know, that have served in different facets of my life. My parents showed me what work ethic was. Mm-hmm. You know, the that work, is very true. Work tail off. My dad, you know, I've worked four jobs simultaneously mm-hmm. different points in my lifetime um i've seen that a again colleagues family mm-hmm. member my husband's a great motivator an amazing man by the way yes yes um motivates me inspires me believes sometimes more in me than i believe in myself or points things out i'm like oh yeah. can i comment on that because yes. I, we talked about this one time Honey. and and it's amazing. You get what you put out there in the universe. I always feel, and so I've I've seen your your growth, and finally I feel that you really have someone who just he gets it, mm-hmm. and yes. he just so much fun and so full of life. And you need someone to match that kind of energy that you give out in the world. So it's beautiful to see every time I'm around both. It I feel good, mm-hmm. and and I think it rubs off mm-hmm. when you're teaching. It's very contagious in that regard, and I just wish you all both all the best. It does. I talk about them all the time. You know, our own, <laughs> our own experiences at home or our dynamic or the way he sees things a little bit more linear than right. I might, I share that with my students. It's part of my teaching. It's mm. part of, especially in the student life skill classes, um, I share a lot of our own dynamic and mm-hmm. our own personal histories and mm-hmm. stories because my husband and I have known each other for almost 30 years. Wow. So, 
That is a, that's that's beautiful. And for those of you who are tuning in right now, you're listening to Everyday Folks Radio Show, BJ Speaks, and I am here with the amazing Professor Sylvia Orozco-Vaca. And if you'd like to speak to her, our lines are open and standing by. We, you can reach us at 347-539-5372. Again, the call-in number is 347-539-5372. Or you may email us at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. And actually, Silva, there is a question coming in, and this is from Lisa from New Jersey. Lisa, if you're listening, I hope, you, I hope you're listening, and I hope I wrote your name down right from the questions here on my screen. But the question reads as follows. When do you find time for love, or do you? Uh, yes, I do find time for love. I think I find if she's talking on a personal relationship level either or i would think uh, if that's what she's if that's what she's mean mm-hmm. i you have to cultivate love because if you don't cultivate it and you don't actively pursue it feed it nurture it you lose it um i've been on both ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. where love wasn't nurtured and now i'm fortunate to have my husband um so if she's talking relationship mm-hmm. you have to nurture it feed it we, I come home, we have conversations. We don't ever watch TV, I, very rarely, maybe once a week. Mm-hmm. We'll tune in to one show together. Most of the time, it's spent communicating, sharing our days. Um, we might take off on something that, you know, a student did or something that happened or something mm-hmm. we witnessed, something we heard in the news. And we just have very deep conversation and communication on a regular basis. Um, and aside from that, I try to demonstrate love as much as I can in general, whether on the street, students, I'm not going to say I'm perfect. There are days that I'm like, we're lose it. And I'm like, get away from me. I don't want to look at another person. I don't want to be a student. I just leave me in a hall. You're being human I'm there, done. which is good. Just, there's no love here today. Just check out for the moment. Um, but it, it's an active, purposeful action. It's mm. something you really have to take time to do. That's a you beautiful response. It. You can't expect it to just, oh, love, it's going to happen. No. Right. No. It doesn't work that way. You know, I, I, I want to thank Lisa for that question, because even as I'm sitting here thinking, it, it, as an individual in a committed relationship, too, it's it, you you make priority for things that are most important. Mm-hmm. And if love is your priority, it will prevail. Mm-hmm. And I, I think from what you just said, it's very true. And I think for those who, not, who are listening, they don't realize this, but Sylvia's actually sitting in front of me. Many times our, my interviewees are elsewhere because of their busy schedules. Believe it or not, I've had some who've been interviewing with me who are on, the other, on different time zones. And so they're all over the place. But I actually have her in the flesh. And Sylvia, I do believe you have someone here with you who I did not realize you're bringing today. So let's, let's talk and introduce this individual you brought with you today. I think it's important that you share with our audience who's listening. Well, this individual, you know, it's kind of a package, package deal. We're running together. We're together all the time. It's kind of hard to It's my husband, Adolfo Vaca. We actually just celebrated our first year as a married couple. Um, Congratulations. amazing. And Adolfo, I'm so glad you're here today. And I, I would be remiss if I did not bring you into this conversation because she, we were just ironically talking about you. And we were mentioning and Sylvia and her amazing, her scholarly yet, yet comic antics. She provided for us an understanding of the true love that you two had. And there was a question, I'm not sure if you heard it, but the question is, when do you find time for love? Sylvia made, she gave a, a, a beautiful response to that. But I'd like to ask that question. It's from Lisa and one of our listeners who's in New Jersey. Would you like to respond to that? Absolutely. Hi, Lisa. Shout out here from Miami. Uh, you got to make time. You actually have to make time for love. You have to turn off the devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we have dinner, 
we flip down the phones. Mm-hmm. When we are in the room, we turn off the TV and we talk about our day. And I love to listen to what Sylvia has to say about her how your day went. And then she'll listen to me of the things, the events that we mm-hmm. went through, that I went through at work. Mm-hmm. And we just grow closer together by listening to each other. We communicate. Communication is key. When you marry the person, then that necessarily mean that you turn around and you marry your TV. Okay. You have well to invest it to that person, electronic-wise, put them aside, and you focus on them, and you pay attention. And you're not looking to solve their problems. Mm-hmm. You're just there to hear them out. Mm-hmm. And it's very therapeutic because then once you get out of your chest, you feel you feel lighter. Mm-hmm. And we can that is be, true. We have to be perfectly honest with each other. And tell each other Even the when truth. we don't like it. <laughs> don't like it. I'll say right now, Sylvia has always been honest with me. She's never exaggerated or lied to me about certain things that I myself have to beautiful. look and reflect and say, well, perhaps she's right. I have to look at it and say, maybe I have to change that part of me. And there's some things that I saw of myself that I had to change for the better, obviously, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And from that, we broke together. That's beautiful. Beautiful. And that, I have to share this as well your story and how you met. That in itself <laughs> is worth discussing here. So I want to go from the script that I have prepared for here because I feel this will make even more interesting conversation. And so could you both speak to that? Because I know the story, but many folks haven't heard it. It is truly a remarkable tale. So will you, are you comfortable to share? Yeah. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> you We're on a comedy routine. I mean, really. We met when we were 15 years old in high school. He was actually dating a former friend of, well, not a former friend, a, for, a friend of mine from elementary school uh-huh. that we happened to end up at the same high school. Um, and then he was in my computer class mm-hmm. in about in 10th grade. Mm-hmm. And he would sit on the other side of the computer of the, the, the where the plug is. Mm-hmm. And I'd be typing along and doing my work. And all of a sudden, my computer would just shut off on me. And I'd be like, ah, freaking out what happened, looking around, and it was because he had unplugged the computer from the back, and I hadn't noticed. So he's been terrorizing me since I was 15 years old. I asked him out to homecoming. <laughs> he turned me down, only to marry me 20 years later, but. <laughs> True. Yeah, you, you were a very sweet little girl. Back then, you had the big poof, the braces, the oh, white no. Reebok high top. The late 80s, early 90s look. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the jean jacket, volcano, washout. Not the yeah. <laughs> and, and she must have been maybe 90 pounds, 92 pounds with her, with her hairspray. And I was just very young. And I was like, mm, she seems so nice. And I almost said no, because back then, you know, nice girls, not at the time. Mm-hmm. I said, foolishly me, I said no to her. Wow. I've been living it down. I have not been living down since. No. Nope. Oh, she reminds you, right? No, How often are you reminded? Real quick. All, all women, <laughs> it, it was actually. All women have a built-in DVR in their brain, and they memorize everything you say and do. Yes. As opposed to men who just have an etch a sketch. Yes. I just touch yes. and just erase the image. Hmm. I like that. And I believe then that. <laughs> we remained friends, and we both worked together at Mervyn's. In town and country. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. a long time ago. That was a long time, time ago. While we, <laughs> While we were going to college, I was dating somebody at the time who he, Adolfo, mm-hmm. then became best friends with. Mm-hmm. I married that person. He was my first husband. Mm-hmm. I went to the wedding. Adolfo was at the wedding. He was at the wedding shower. He hung out at our apartment wow. on a regular basis. We double dated, group dated. She met all my ex-girlfriends pretty much when we doubled dated. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, I know a lot of it. We, our families interacted. I knew, I knew his mom, his his sisters, his father. You know, we were very. My parents knew right. him very well. We we knew each other, and then we lost. Touch in 2003. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, 13 years ago, actually. I moved to right. Georgia in 2004. Okay. I uh, wanted to go make a life for myself, and I took off for two years. And during that time, I called her her husband at the time twice or three times, mm-hmm. but he never returned my call. So I said, you know what? I'm going to close that chapter because it had been a long time since we spoke. So I started a new beginning. I was there for two years. I really missed him. I came back in fall of 06. And then I saw Sylvia again at the gym in when? Like February or March of 2007. And she ignored me. She looked at me before did that head nod. <laughs> when you really don't want to talk to that person. You You're like, God oh, damn. You don't want to you acknowledge them, but you don't want to talk to them. You're like, oh, my God, I want to explain my life to this guy. 
And I was there, and she walked away, and I was fine with it. And, then, and we wow. kept running into each other. Uh, I had run into his sisters a couple of times, mm-hmm. and he was still very good friends with my godchildren's mom. Okay. Sanya. He was very good friends with her. So they kept in touch. So it's not like we ever really lost touch of our lives. We kind of right. like knew what was going on. And, and also, you both Facebook. were... And you both were happening in your, diff, you know, you were doing your things. Mm-hmm. You were walking your own path, but eventually your path crossed initially only to get me to again permanently. Exactly. Our 20 year high school. And, well, in 08, I, I, I met somebody and we went out until 2000, fall of 2010. Uh-huh. And then after we finished that relationship, I said to myself, I'm going to be single for many years and just enjoy my bachelorhood. Mm-hmm. I'm work for you. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Back in this moment, I find that amazing. 
actually, for those who are listening, 347-539-5372 is our call-in number. If you'd like to speak to Sylvia or Adolfo regarding the things that we're discussing. So we originally had this script, and I love this. This is why Everyday Folks is so cool, because we don't have to script everything. We go with the flow, and it, it all depends on the guests that I am bring in. Each of them brings some significance. And Sylvia and Adolfo are so much fun, so why not have some fun with this? So I do have a question for, for both of you. And this question, it, 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 I want to I cut out all the, the fat here, trim the fat here. And I want to talk about something that's very important. Was there a time in your lives when you felt like giving up or throwing in the towel? Could you speak to a, one of the most challenging moments in your lives? Because one of the things that I find that a lot, at least for the folks who've been listening and tuning in since this started early this year, is that they're looking for places of truth, a truth in themselves and your experiences, whether it be the good and the bad, to come together and come to terms with what they're dealing in their own realities. So could you speak to a time when that occurred? Um, okay. The only time that I can actually say that I wanted to just completely give up was only once which is when I had a particular third grade class. Mm -hmm. This class was rough. Mm. I had students throwing chairs over the balcony, fighting constantly. And there was like six rough rough boys. And they decided to fist fight around me. I stood in between them to separate two boys. And they started to fight around me and they didn't care. And one of the kids says, I don't give a shit who you are. You ain't my mama. You can't tell me nothing. And I went to my assistant principal at the time and I said, it's either them or me. Mm. I, I, I was done. Mm-hmm. I was done. It was a really rough class. Um, I say that as, as wanting to give up because that was the only true time that I wanted to give up in my life mm-hmm. because I'm not a quitter. Right. Another, uh, another time in my life that everybody would have said, oh, my God, wh- how are you still standing? Why mm-hmm. haven't you lost your mind? Why? Mm-hmm. How do you not want to give up? And being strong is not a choice. It's something that you just end up being because you don't have any other choice but to do. In 2005, my father was diagnosed with Creutzfeldt-Jacobs disease, which mm-hmm. is Medcal's disease. Mm-hmm. And he had to be, he was bankrupted for a while and then he came home and then he was in the hospital for 11 days with my mom at the same time because my mom had developed cellulitis um, in her legs. So I had both my mother and my father across the hall from each other for 11 days in the hospital. And I was told on my birthday that my father had six months to live at that point in time. And he also had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Three days later, November 11th, my dad, my mom went home. My dad went into the nursing home. It was Mm -hmm. going to park at the Mm -hmm. time. In December of that very same year, Mm -hmm. really a month later, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. In January, my mother had surgery. She couldn't go see my father because of the breast cancer. Right. She had to stay away mm-hmm. from the nursing home, from that whole area. Wow. So I was in between. I was working three jobs at the time. I was married to my husband. In March, my mom was under radiation, and my then-husband said, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I want out of our marriage. And I said, okay. So I see this spiraling effect. It was like a domino effect, a domino one effect, item after the other. And I... The eve of destruction. Everything. And life really was a tornado. You know, I might as well have been Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz because just everything was spinning. It felt like everything was spinning out of control. And it was like, can I get a break? But it's not, I can't say I wanted to give up on life or I wanted to give up on my parents or I wanted to give up on me. I mean, I guess I gave in to that that marriage ending. Mm -hmm. Um. But it wasn't because I didn't give it my all or that we didn't give it. We just weren't the right people for each other. Right. Sometimes it's that way. We weren't the right people for each other. And life was really, really out of control. Okay. So he left and I changed careers that I went from elementary school to teaching at Miami Day College. So in six months, every life altering, stressful event. Happened to me yeah. all at once, and my father passed away. That, that December. I remember that. I remember that very well. So, but I'm not a quitter. I just it was kind of I had my moments where I cried my eyes out, right. and I just and then I just got up, dusted my knees off, and kept on Move going. Move it on. That's the train leaves the station. That was it. So mm. I'm I'm not a quitter. 
you, I mean, you like really need to knock me upside the head mm-hmm. and maybe leave me unconscious to get me to quit. But usually, and sometimes it's to my own detriment that right. I need to quit and take a break and mm-hmm. chill. And, and that's, and a that's good why thing. I have a doll full that goes, <clears throat> honey, let it go. To relax and right. hold it down. Thank let you for that response. I want Adolfo, same question. So was there a time in your life when you get to give up on something or felt like throwing in the towel? Well, there were two life-changing events. When I was 22, 21, 22 mm-hmm. years old, I had my personal freedom in college. I was hanging out with my guy friends and just going out to parties and doing whatever it is that I wanted to do. I was feeling in school. Mm-hmm. I was not working. I didn't have any money for college. I was getting to the point that I just didn't care. I was just becoming, I was just a cocky young man who thought the world should give me things and I deserved everything without mm-hmm. earning it. And my mother, the wise one of the family, decided to take me back to our home country, Nicaragua, and to show me what real struggle is, poverty, people who have no future, they'll be poor, their children will be poor. And I realized that I come from humble beginnings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I should have, and I did a self-reflection back then. And I said to myself, I hold myself accountable mm-hmm. for not trying, for failure. Not, not anybody, not the colleges, not my friends, not my parents, it was me. And I told my mother, I'm going to change my ways. And I went back to Miami a month later. Wow. Re-enrolled. Got a job at Mervyn's. And that's when I saw Sylvia again. So that was kind of an indirect blessing in itself. And I managed to finish Miami-Dade. Then I finished FIU in 18 months. And a couple of years later, I finished my MBA. Okay. Because I was very determined. Uh, with such success also came some bitter news. My mother had died in 98, a year after from college. Wow. Uh, with my bachelor's, and then in 2001 was the second event. I got 9/11. Uh, mm-hmm. Early 2002, mm-hmm. uh, the company closed down. The economy went to the tanks back then. If anybody remembers, I lost my job. Uh, my sister was diagnosed with uh, MS, which is mm-hmm. MG called myasthenia gravis, mm-hmm. and so I was unemployed. Could not get a job, not even at a department store because the economy was that bad. Unemployed for a year. Uh, here I am with an MBA, unemployed, my sister's sick, my girlfriend dumps me, Wow. and there's nothing for me to do. Watch the days pass by, day in, day out, wow. month in, month out, and you almost feel like saying, you know what, what was the whole point of doing all this education and experience? Mm-hmm. If you're just, I grew out my hair, I cut my hair, I, I grew my beard, I shaved my beard, because every day was the same as the next. Mm-hmm. After wallowing there, I decided to do the best of it. I decided to go to the gym. I lost 30 pounds within that year. I got mm-hmm. fit. I tried as hard as I looked to find a job. And eventually in the fall, I got a job back as an accountant. And uh, I came close to just saying, you know what, it's not even worth it. But there was always that echo in the back of my head, my mother's voice. To said, keep going. To keep going. Get up. Get up. She didn't tell you you're special, you're unique. No, she would get up and you keep going. Wow. Because the world doesn't stop for crybabies. And that's the truth. You get well it. said. And I think that's something that keeps us going with our own relationship and, mm-hmm. and, relationship and situations. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us are quitters. We don't know. really don't know how to quit. We don't know how to quit. But I also know, I also feel, thank you both for those responses. I also feel you know when to chill also. Yeah. And there's actually a question coming in from Robert from Tampa. And this question, whoever would like to jump in, I'm a teacher who wants to cross over into higher education. What steps should I take? And that question is a part two. So there's part two. So I'll give you part one. And, and Adolfo, you could take part two. So part one, I'm a teacher in, from Robert in Tampa. Thank you for the question. I'm a teacher who wants to cross over to higher ed. What steps should I take? And then I'll read the part two. The steps that you should take is um, find out what subject area you really want to be a part of and go for your higher degree mm-hmm. your higher ed degree a master's degree in field in, in the in the field if right. you want to teach at a community college you all you need is your master's degree if you want to teach at a university you need your phd mm-hmm. and generally your degree must be in the field in which you want to study so a few things to look at depending on financial situations if okay. you have student loans or or need to get student loans in order to finance your college, your master's degree, the shortage, the critical shortage areas right now are the STEM, the science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And any of those fields will snap you up in a heartbeat, number Mm -hmm. one, especially math. 
Mm-hmm. And number two, your loans are forgiven after X amount of years in contribution to however yeah. many years right. you, you complete at the institution in which you teach at. Um, but it must be in, in whatever field. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't suggest developmental reading or writing at the moment because that's being away with at right. least in the Florida colleges right. and nationwide as well. It is a movement. It's been, it's a movement. It's being taken away. I mm-hmm. don't think it'll ever go away completely a hundred percent, but not enough to substan- to substantiate a career mm-hmm. in it. And if you get your PhD, that would be also an option. That, that's an option. And again, it's in your field, but that's a university level. And I believe that to have your PhD and work at a university level some of the requirements are that you must conduct research on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Mm-hmm. You must be a published author, either a textbook or your own personal conference. Conference. Yeah, all book. those little, yeah. There's a bunch of little things that you need to do. I personally am not the research guru, nor do I enjoy it in any way, shape, or form. And I like at the college level because I feel that I can reach my students more so. Especially community college, at the you community say. College, it's can reach them. Mm-hmm. It's more about the student. It is about the research or the right. program or what needs to be done or showed off. And it's giving real people a chance, Correct. right, Sylvia? Yeah. And you know, there's a part two from Robert. Robert, your second part of your question, I'm going to give it to Adolfo. So Adolfo, his question is, so after what Sylvia described, if that doesn't work, and let's say I get into this higher and I realize this is not what I want to do, any recommendations? <laughs> I'm a believer that you should do what you feel passionate about. Mm. If that's your passion, then you got to put more effort to it. If you're going half mass, and if it's not your passion, and it turn out it turns out that it's not what you want, mm-hmm. then you mm-hmm. have to find out what is your true calling, what's your passion, and you measure your success by your level of happiness with yourself and those around you. So you can always try to find. There's always times to make to recreate yourself. Yes, there is. I always say that we become old the day that. Our unfulfilled dreams become our filled regrets. Mm-hmm. Definitely. As long as you want to fulfill your dreams, you'll stay young at heart. And you always have uh, something to strive for. Never settle. And if it's not your, if it's truly not your calling and you put all that money and effort to it, but you feel that you can find something else, but your passion should supersede, supersede uh, the other things. Yes, sir. Yeah. And what do you do, Adolfo? If you can share with folks so they know what you do. Because you, uh, your educational background as well. Uh, well, yes. I went to Miami College, great college. Uh, I got my AA there. Then I went to FIU. I got two bachelors, uh, one in finance and the other one in international business. Then I went to Nova Southeastern University and got my MBA in business. I'm, I used to work as financial analyst, but I felt very limited working in just a cubicle office space here. Mm-hmm. So I ventured out into banking. And I got to meet a lot of different people mm-hmm. from all types of income levels, uh, cultural backgrounds, and it helped me grow more as a person because the success was not only my book, but also how well do I know my environment. Mm-hmm. And I got to meet a lot of interest. I still meet a lot of interesting people of all types of countries, uh, belief systems. Uh, I'm in banking. I'm in a credit union now, but for the last 13 years, I've been in banking. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do focus on helping out people solve their credit problems or try to get their house or buy, them, buy their car. And I work with them and I try to show them where they can benefit. Wow. As opposed to try to ram down something, a product throw. I know that lately the stigma of bankers has not been the best one, mm-hmm. but I'm not one of those. I really do believe that you, you can give something back to a customer. Mm-hmm. And they have success. And I've had a huge success with people achieving their dreams, their homes, their cars, paying for, for things that they need for college. So, I take great pride in that, and perhaps the money could be made bigger somewhere else, but I'm happy where I am, so that in itself, I feel is very successful. Oh, that's awesome, and it seems like each of you chose paths that suit your passions, and I think that's important. And personalities, too. In fact, I'm glad you mentioned that. The other day, I'm at that time in the term, Sylvia. Sylvia and I are both English faculty at, at community colleges, and I like to give my English 1101 students, introductory comp students, there is a survey, and I think I may have shared it with you, that matches um, like a Myers-Briggs, and uh-huh. it matches with your personality to your career pathway and interest. So I'm at that season of doing that. But I've had this sea of students coming in who want to 
have that conversation sooner before they even realize that's going to be on the agenda. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that many of them don't know what they want to do. A lot of them and I'm finding that with my own family. I'm finding that with dear friends. I'm sure you're finding the same, right? Mm-hmm. That there are individuals who just are on their quest for, for something to get somewhere. And they may not even know the destination, but they're trying and they're, they're, they're the train has left the station, I say. Mm-hmm. Do you find that in your own lives as well? Absolutely. I think many people today don't really know where they want to go or what they want to do. But what I say to them is it's never too late. You can always still find your passion. You may be stuck in one job right now going, oh my God, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. But it's what Adolfo said. Find out what your passion is and follow That's it at right. all costs. Because you're you're not going to be successful and you're going to be miserable mm-hmm. if you're stuck in something or somewhere that you really don't want to be at. Well said. Adolfo, you want to add to that? Oh, absolutely. I've, I've had uh, many years working in banking and offices, and I've seen people being there 20, 25 years, miserable, just settled. They settled for what they were doing, mm-hmm. a repetitive job, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't do much. They're they're angry. This passive behavior in them because they never follow their dreams. They had an opportunity, but they let it pass out of fear or out of lack of guidance. But I encourage my employees to go to college, regardless of your age. My sisters graduated oh, almost at 40 from college, mm-hmm. on and off for many years going to college. Mm-hmm. My employees, even though it's not a requirement, I encourage them to go to college. Mm-hmm. I have one young, young particular young lady who is actually graduating with her AA this April because mm-hmm. I, I pushed her to go to college. That's make awesome. Something that is awesome. And she had told me prior to all this that her time had passed. That's what she told me. And she was 26. That her time had her passed. Her time had passed at 26. Her time had passed at 26. We, we defeat ourselves with, in our own minds. Yes, we do. And he passed her on to me for the, for at the, Miami Day. And I was right. like, listen. Let's get it together, and you get to school. And I will get to watch her walk across yeah. the stage. And, she, and, and her story is real I'll tell it to you real awesome. quick. She came here with her husband at, 20, at 19, had her little daughter, mm-hmm. who was blind with autism. And at three years of age, the husband left her. So she's a single mom with autistic daughter with vision impairment. And she doesn't know what to do with herself. And I encourage her to go to college. And she managed to change herself to part-time position, go to college, and they'll wrap it up. And straight A's. And straight A's. Straight A's as well. Straight A's and. And working full time. Is she working also? She's working at my branch. Wow. And she made it happen. So someone of that caliber can And made leaps and bounds with her daughter through different therapies involving her socially. And she's an amazing woman. She never Mm. cried foul. She never said life is hard or why did God do this to me. Right. She just, I told her, buckle up, don't cry, go forward. Uh, You'll see when you look back that it was just. It was a walk, and then it was a journey. And now she got the invitation for the graduation this April. She was approved for a graduation, and after this, she was going to go do her uh, bachelor's. Oh, right. I'm trying to encourage her to get a degree in supply chain management, which is a great field, by the way. Yes. So that measurement for me is success mm. for her and for myself. I love it. I love it. And. This is a great time. You, you may not realize, but you have 12 minutes left. <laughs> time has been flying here. And I do have a question, which I think is an important one. So outside of all of your careers, your respective careers, so what's next? Anything new or planned on the horizon? We've got a few things. Like what? Starting a family is number one. That's at the top of the list. Um, followed by we want, we're going to be part of, with you, during with our own show. Yes. Our dynamic because really you can't make up our lives the just the comment the things that happen to us i think only happen to us um so we'll be doing the chicken and wooster show which is our, our nickname um and you'll learn what chicken and wooster mean and why those names particularly and we've also ventured into a business with a couple of friends okay called why me designs where we're doing a lot of um, craft shows. We did the big uh, arts and craft show that's at Buckler's. It's a Buckler's craft show mm-hmm. at, the youth, at the Dade County Youth Fair mm-hmm. that comes up every November. It was do, great. I was there. It was great. And, and we do a few, we'll be doing a few around Florida coming up shortly. And what we do different things. Our, our product is unique. We can personalize. We personalize cutting boards, mugs. Um, our part, our business partner and friend Yvonne, amazing 
uh, hand-drawn pins and bags and aprons and I mean you name it our motto is if you can think it we can make it mm. so we've got that going on um and that's that's about it yeah we, we both talk about having a family mm-hmm. we're both anxious and eager we can't wait to have a little Sylvia or a little Dolph running around the house may the Lord help everybody around us (laughs) with my luck luck, I'll have all daughters for everything I've done in life I'm hoping for that I've been to many funerals in my life, and I, the one of the best funerals was the one that made us laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a gentleman who got up there who was the son of the, of the deceased, mm-hmm. and he went on a rampage, a rampage of just comical moments and funny moments between him and his dad. It was so funny and memorable. I said, you know what? I want to go out like that. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want this I to be a celebration of life. Right. It's a life that is done, but a life that made impact. And so I thought it was great. And I love that energy about you guys that you're able to go in on that. Mm-hmm. And for folks who are listening, coming down to the last nine minutes of our show, we still got time, uh, the last four minutes actually, to speak to Sylvia and to Adolfo. The call in number is 347 539 5372. Again, that's 347 539 5372. Or you may email us at Everyday Folks. That's with an S. Listen at gmail.com. Again, everyday folks, listen at gmail.com. And actually, there is a question that is coming in. And this question is from Sue, Sue from Ocala. So thank you for listening up in Central Florida. The question is, so what What are some of your interests? What do you all like to do outside of your careers? Or do you have time for that? Mainly spending quality time together, whatever that is. It could be grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to spend time with our niece and our nephews, um, my god, our godchildren, our friends' children. We're very kid oriented, and you know, Adolfo puts on a chef hat and makes them <laughs> Mickey waffles and Mickey eggs and has them all over for breakfast. He is very festive, that's awesome. He is very festive. <laughs> we've had we've had multiple sleepovers at the house. Mm. You know, he's like, oh, my God, there's a bunch of squeaky girls in my house. Very squeaky. Very squeaky from the ages of 6 to 15, but yet, you know, or 6 to 20, you know, and he'll scare them and turn on and off the lights and just play with them. And, you know, we have a big family breakfast in the morning. I think our interests are a lot um, of spending quality family time Mm -hmm. um, with our son, with just him and I, Mm -hmm. private times, and also with, like, family and friends, because, that's what we're going to remember. We, we're all about making memories with each other, mm. with each other and others, because that's what everybody's going to remember. They're not going to remember the gift that you gave them or you spent 50 bucks on them. Right. They're going to remember the time you, the spent. time you spent with them and the crazy, silly things you did. And, you know, they'll have stories about us, God willing, at our funeral. They'll be telling all the antics, like my goddaughter, maid of honor. She said, they have cartoon fights. They do cartoon fighting. She says when she would sleep over at our house, mm-hmm. And she'd be waiting in the morning for me to take her to school. She'd be outside, and all she would, all she would hear would be, ah, 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 and then she said, when, then you go, ah, oh, that hurt. She'd be like, okay, time to go. That one was a little too hard. Um, we're just very passionate about, I think, everything we do. Yes, absolutely. I focus on my lunacy. You guys call it energy. I call it lunacy. On oh, my lunacy. Okay, lunacy. Define. <laughs> That's ghetto love.
I am so I, – I just love this conversation. We are down to the last five minutes of our show. Can you believe that? Wow. Time flies, doesn't it? Flies. Flies. And I want to spend just a, just a minute now. Let's talk about the Chicken and Wooster show. So for those of you who are listening, I'll tell you what's going on at Everyday Folks Network. It's about to grow, folks, and it's all because of you. We have over 1,000 listeners who are listening, but we want you to also subscribe. So once you go to our archive, if you can hit that subscribe button, please do so. Look for the each month, we, as each week, rather, progresses. Our listenership improves. And definitely, to make that grow even further, we have the Chicken and Wooster show. And on this show, I'll, there's more to come, we'll say. We'll, we'll keep that in the but I will share this. In the next month, it will come to fruition, and we're bringing them on. If you love dynamics, the energy here that I've had great shows for the past eight weeks that I'm doing this. I launched it, fully launched it officially January 3rd, 2016. We've been going full-fledged ever since. Their show is going to be so memorable because it's going to talk about the fun stuff, the challenging stuff, the greedy stuff that comes in in and out of relationships in life or anything else that may be on your mind and you want a comical, humorous perspective just to relate to it. I want you to check them out. I certainly will be doing so, and so will you. We so promise you won't be bored. You will not be bored <laughs> at all. The are true. <laughs> they're all real. The stories are all true, and they're all you. Because everyday folks, each of us, I say this all the time, not all of us on the covers of magazines. We don't make it to the television screen. If we do, it's usually because of something crazy or negative. And it's one of those times where we get to celebrate extraordinary yet, in the, yet extraordinary people who have stories that need to be told. And that's what I've always envisioned with my book, From Everyday Folks to the, to the, the network that we're doing here on podcasting. It's great, and I, I encourage all of you to partake and continue to be a part of it. So I want to thank both of you for being here because this has been fun. I've, I've had this, there's so much energy, and I just love you both immensely and wish you Likewise. all the best. Likewise. And we're going to be here to support it. In fact, is there a way that we can keep in touch with you? Because I want to make sure that listeners can tune in on my my author webpage at billypauljones.com will be submitting under my page titled Who I'm Supporting, all the folks who I interview. I like to put a little link, whether it be to their Instagram, to their Facebooks, whatever the case may be they want to provide. You talked about your design company. This is a great way to plug and to promote. So as you get that going, can you let me know so we can put sure. that up so folks sure, can absolutely. tune in? And I also want to share for those of you who are listening, as we're coming down to the last minute, two minutes of our time together, just want to give you a preview of what's coming up in April. You know, April is a national holiday, especially on April 19th, because it is my birthday. <laughs> but, I, but there's something more to that day, or to that month, rather. I'm going to be launching a contest, and this contest, contest is for all of you listeners who are out there. Two things are going to be taking place. One, ever tried to write the opening line to your book? or to your movie, what would it say? And so on my webpage, on my author page at phillypauljones.com, and as well as through Twitter, wherever else I am, Instagram too, you'll be seeing some of my information out there about this contest. I won't release the official name yet because we're playing with it. But once it's ready, definitely in the mid, in early March, mid-March, you'll be hearing more about it. But I want you to think about that. If you had to write the opening line to your movie or to your book, what would it say? And so, therefore, it's important you realize that all great writers and all great journalists, they have those opening moments. What are those hooks that really sink in to your audience to make them want to continue to read the paragraph or turn that page? So I'm launching a contest for that. And as well, every quarter of the year, so by April, May, I'll be releasing a story free to you, a little, a little teaser, if you will, for the next book, for the, for the upcoming book. Everyday Folks Volume 2 to be released by January 2017. And I just just want to share that the work that I do, and I dedicate my life to all of you who are out there. To those of you who are listening to Everyday Folks, thank you for your continued support. Each Sunday at 3 p.m., we'll continue to bring you unforgettable stories from ordinary yet extraordinary individuals who have some great things in their lives and who have great stories that need to be told. I'm Billy Jones, the author of Everyday Folks. Thank you for listening and tune in next week at the same time. Take care. It ended perfectly. Thank you so much. Yes. So it now, so what happens next is that it will load. So they're going to archive it. And once the archive is ready, I'm going to email you both and I'm going to show you where it is. 
It's going to be on my author page. You can take the link and embed it into your own mm-hmm. social media, wherever you want. I'll continue to blast and support. And I just want to say that was awesome. That was my best show. So I looked at the meter over here as I was reading. There were over, people are not calling because they're afraid to talk to us. But they're emailing rampantly. And, and I have to share, there's some comments that came in, and I'm going to probably say this next week. And I'll probably be feeling them to you because once you have your show, I'll give you your own email address and all that, whatever you decide. Mm-hmm. One of them was, great show. This was so much fun. Chicken and Wooster all the way. Um, another person said, who are these people? Whoever they are, they made me laugh. All right. Yes, yes. Yeah, so yeah. this is great news. And That's awesome. It's a great platform for, for you. And I just want to share.